Welcome to 99 Ways to Win, where every day we are seeking your success in the areas of faith, family, friendship, fitness, and finance as we explore the topics of entrepreneurship, personal development, and financial education. I'm your host, Michelle Wright, and I am so happy you decided to join me today. So congratulations. You are listening to the inaugural episode of the 99 Ways to Win podcast. Today is February 1st, 2021. First day of Black History Month. First day of the month where we have Valentine's Day. And I'm sure there are some other national or international holidays or themes for February that I don't know about. If you want to tell me what they are, feel free to put some notes um, in the comments or shoot me an email, michelle at 99waystowin.com. And maybe I'll think up a post to relate uh, to that theme as well. So a few things that I want to talk about. One is the ultimate vaccine. You got coronavirus, you know, out there. It has affected people worldwide. A lot of things going on, but we are seeing some rays of sunlight with people being able to get vaccinated now. And hopefully things will just continue to get better and better. But I want to use just as a metaphor for life in general, this idea of vaccination, fighting off disease and keeping ourselves healthy in all areas of life, not just physical, medical health. The other thing we're going to talk a little bit about is stimulus checks and probably not in a way that you're thinking. And finally, just want to talk a little bit about entrepreneurship, side hustle, the idea of having multiple streams of income as opposed to just one stream of income. So those are the three things that we're going to touch on. Let's get started. The ultimate vaccine. Vaccines, as we all know, are created to help our bodies be able to fight off disease or more accurately germs that would cause disease in our bodies, bacteria, viruses, uh, those type of things. Now there are made different types of ways. There's different kinds of vaccines, but the basic idea is that you are injected with a weakened version or an inactive version or um, a particular component of uh, a virus or a bacteria which allows your immune system to learn how to fight that off so that if you're exposed to the actual full-blown virus or bacteria, your body can quickly respond and eliminate that threat before you get sick. So what do I see as the ultimate vaccine for life? I mean, if we're just talking spiritually, then that would be Jesus Christ. I'm a Christian. So um, if you follow him, then you're taken care of spiritually and he'll be able to help you fight off everything in that regard as well as help you with your everyday life. Um, but just on a grander, more general scheme, I'm going to say the ultimate vaccine is to build up the five key components of your life, which are faith, family, friendship, fitness, and finance. Why do I say that? Your faith, your belief in God and um, 
or for those of you who may be listening who aren't Christians or maybe don't believe in a God, uh, you have faith in something. You have a moral compass. You have some kind of principles that you go by. But um, I'm Christian, so I'm going to mostly be talking from a Christian's perspective. And those are the examples that I'm going to use for the majority of the time. Okay. Your faith is the foundation of everything else. My belief that there is a God that's all-knowing and all-powerful that created the universe, that affects how I look at the world, that affects how I think and handle things because I believe and know that there is somebody that's over everything that ultimately is not going to let things get out of control. He knows what's going on. He knows what his plan is. So even though things don't seem right to me, in the moment, I know that he has everything handled. And as long as I trust him and do the things that I'm supposed to do, everything's going to work out. Whether it be pleasant in this life or not, ultimately everything's going to work out. It also affects how I treat people. It affects how I treat myself. And it just gives me hope as opposed to being hopeless, especially when things get dark or bad or uncomfortable or painful as happens in this life. Family. There's few things more important than having your family support. Your mother, your father, your siblings, cousins, nephews, you know, just having people that love you unconditionally that are just, they were there when you were born or they came here after you were born for younger siblings. You all have a bond that can never be really changed. Your relationship with the person may change. You may fall out but at the end of the day, that's still your brother, that's still your mom, that's still your cousin, that's still your uncle. Nothing can actually change that. And so having that foundation of family and building a relationship with the people in your family gives you a solid foundation for learning who you are as a person, learning social mores, uh, what's expected of you, developing your skills, all of that. That's your first support system that you have if you're coming from a good healthy family or you know a fairly normal family situation not everybody's coming from that of course in which case you have extended family or adopted family which also kind of spills over into the next uh, key component of life which is friendship those are the people your support system that you all have come together by choice could be incidental accidental met at work met at school whatever but for whatever reason, you clicked with this person, you share some common interests, you spend time together, you talk, and so you develop a friendship and you share things with each other, you give each other advice, you have fun together, whatever the case may be. You may do only one or all of those things with a particular friend. Fitness. Now, when I say fitness, I'm not just talking about being able to jog or having a six-pack abs. When I say fitness, I'm talking about physical, emotional, and mental. Being okay with who you are. Not being self-conscious. If you have challenges such as mental illness, depression, schizophrenia, whatever the case may be, making sure that you are getting treatment and support and help for those things. Emotionally, just being able to deal with the stresses of life, the different things that come up that we have to deal with from day to day, knowing how to deal with those challenges in a healthy way is all part of making sure that your fitness 
is in check. And then finance, your money, how you make your money, your attitude towards money, how you feel about it, what do you think about it? Do you feel like it's evil? Do you feel like it's elusive? Do you feel like you should, you're supposed to have it? Feel like it's selfish to think about it? Do you feel like it's just there for you to spend on stuff? Or is it something that you just want to stack up? Is it something that you want to use to help other people? All of those things affect how you live your life and the quality of life you have because you enjoy or don't enjoy life to some extent based on how you look at money and what you do with it. Growing it, investing it, saving it, giving it. So those are the five key components. Faith, family, friendship, fitness, and finance. And I believe if we are very intentional about building up and nurturing all five of those components in our lives, then we will in effect have the ultimate vaccine when it comes to the stressors and the ills of life. So when, you know, the boyfriend dumps you, okay, that was a certain type of friend, it was a romantic relationship, but boyfriend dumps you, if you have your faith in God, you know that your worth comes from being created by God and that he loves you no matter what. You got your family support. You have other people to pour into you, to love you, to spend time with you unconditionally. It has nothing to do with the things that um, a romantic partner may be looking at. Then if you got your friends, you have somebody that's not your family, that is not just Oh, well, they're going to say that anyway. They're going to love me anyway because they're my family. You have other people that can validate you, support you, spend time with you um, as your friends so that you don't just feel alone. Fitness. If you've been working on your mental and emotional health, then you can deal with the pain of losing this person. You realize that it doesn't mean that you're a failure or that you're no, not any good. Um, you can also use it to look at things that you may need to improve because you understand how to reflect and take constructive criticism, how to evaluate a situation, um, and also just being in touch with your emotions and saying, okay, this is sad. I don't have to pretend that this doesn't hurt. I don't have to pretend that I don't care. It's okay to be sad about this. And I can talk about it or I can journal, write about it or whatever the case may be to help me process these feelings and if I need to talk to a friend or family member or um, if I need to talk to a counselor then it's okay for me to do that so knowing that and then finance if you have been handling your money properly and you have the right perspective on your money then Hey, you got a little something that you can treat yourself with. You know, if you don't have somebody that can take you out on a date now, then you can take yourself out, go hang out. You know, okay, I'm only going to spend so much on fun or hanging out or whatever. So I'm not going to all of a sudden start spending twice as much money hanging out to try to mask the pain from this relationship that just ended. Because you have some components in place with your financial plan and how you handle your money to safeguard you so that you don't end up 
in a bigger mess and sadder about something else on top of it is that about to break up hope that makes sense so next thing stimulus checks last year many of us received a stimulus check in the mail and if uh, you like myself had some kids then you know you got some money for them as well and to all of you who lost your jobs or uh, your hours were reduced or if you have a business uh, you just saw a drastic drop in your patronage and your revenue because of everything I have been praying for you and I will continue to pray for you and God bless you I do have family that was affected by the coronavirus pandemic they worked in the hospitality industry and of course that's one of the hardest hit industries so there's a lot of people that are really hurting financially from this coronavirus situation I feel like it's it's good for the government to help help out and you know put those checks out there I do wish that the distribution was more targeted to people that were in the financial hardship so that we're not spending too much money as a country. However, you know, I got my check and yeah, I utilized it. Now for me, I was blessed to maintain my same job, maintain my same number of hours. As a matter of fact, there were times where I had to work overtime. So I was not in a special financial need. So because of that, what I did with my stimulus check is I looked at it as a positioning fund. I said, okay, how can I help myself and help my family be in a better position by using these funds? And so I gave my percentage to God, my 20% to God, and I put the money in the bank. And then I was like, okay, well, let me, you know, we've got this computer that's like, oh seven eight years old this laptop so let's go ahead and get a a new laptop that's a little bit more up to date so that when the kids have to do some homework at school they're not waiting you know five minutes for a page to load that's not necessarily an exaggeration either so that's one thing to help them to have that access to technology um, and there were a couple other things that i did as well because i wanted to be strategic about how I used those funds. Now, fast forward to this year, and we get the second round of stimulus checks. And of course, you know, I know, uh, you know, X amount is for each person. So I got two kids. And so there was a certain amount as a result of those two children. Now, my kids are teenagers, and ever since they were in elementary school, I've been teaching them about how to handle money, how to think about money. We started off with Crown Financial, the little ABC bank, and, you know, A was giving, so you give to God, and B was saving, so you put something away for, you know, a toy or something that costs a little bit more that you can get at a later time. And then C was spending that, you know, when you go to the store, you just want that gum or that candy or whatever. Just go ahead and get it. That's your impulse buying or whatever. And so I started them to doing that when they were really young. So they've been doing that for years and years. As they've gotten older, we talked in more detail and things like that about uh, money, saving, et cetera, et cetera. And so at this point with them being in 10th and 11th grade 
and having that background, I decided that the portion of the stimulus that was allotted for each of them, I was actually going to give them because they're not, they don't have jobs, so they don't have a steady income. So they're not really, haven't had an opportunity to use their budget on a more large scale or a significant scale. And at this age, I'm wanting them to build up a savings. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and do this. I'm going to go ahead and uh, give this to them because they have a budget in place. And um, as minors, I'm still overseeing what they do and helping them to understand how to make decisions and understand what their own values are. So I was like, hey, here you go. I actually did bill pay. So they had checks. So they got their first checks with their names on them that they received in the mail. And I was like, okay, you're going to run this through your budget. So, you know, you got this percentage you give to God, you got this percentage that you put in long-term savings, this percentage in short-term savings, and you got this percentage spending. So they're going to have a little spending money, but then they got savings. They got to give to God. So that's what I decided to do to help, um, help them experience handling their money in a way where they can like really see it and it's really tangible and start seeing that bank account build up a little bit so that they can start building those muscles so that when they do go to college they won't be like me like completely clueless and completely broke <laughs> i don't want that for them so that's what we did uh that's what i did with our stimulus checks uh so like what did you do with george you know did you did you have to use it to catch up on bills? Did you save it all? Did you invest some of it? Did you just buy a new TV? Like, what did you do? Let me know. All right. The third thing that we're going to talk about this episode is entrepreneurship, side hustles, multiple streams of income. So that's like actually that's three types of three things. <laughs> all right. So entrepreneurship what is entrepreneurship and is that something that's for you so according to business news daily an entrepreneur identifies a need that no existing business addresses and determines a solution for that need wikipedia says entrepreneurship is the creation or extraction of value investopedia.com says an entrepreneur is an individual who creates a new business bearing most of the risks and enjoying most of the reward. And the more strictly strict definition, entrepreneurship is going into business by tackling a new problem or an unmet need. Whereas just a general business person would be somebody that's going into a field that is already established, say, being a plumber, opening up your own practice as a doctor, opening a bakery. These are all things that are not, they're not anything new. Now, of course, in our day and time, people have begun to use entrepreneurship pretty much interchangeably with just being a business person. And for the purpose of this episode, I'm just going to say 
entrepreneurship in that sense of being brave enough, bold enough, and active enough to just go out there and start something that you are providing a service or you are providing a product and getting paid for it as opposed to working within somebody else's company as an employee. Now, when I was growing up, I had this image and this mindset that you either were an employee or you were self-employed or had a business. I didn't see anybody or know of anybody who did both. And my father was very adamant about how he didn't want to have to work for someone and be somebody's employee. Um, he did that when he was a little bit younger, but uh, then he went on his own doing uh, general contracting work, handyman work, uh, you know, roofing, painting, plumbing, all of that stuff. And so I grew up thinking that there was this dichotomy and by necessity, you had to just pick one. You either work at somebody's company or you do your own thing. Well, of course, that's not necessarily the case. You don't have to choose. If you don't want to, you can do both. And the scale to which you do either one is completely up to you. There are some people that have a full-time job and they have a full-time business. They're doing both of them at the same time. Their own business actually makes them just as much money or more money than their quote-unquote day job. But they've chosen for whatever reason, various reasons, to do both of them. Uh, you have people that work for someone else part-time, and then they also are part-time with their own business. They put uh, those two incomes together, and they're able to sustain a lifestyle that's agreeable to them. Then you have, of course, people that their main thing is their own business, their own employment, but they also supplement that by working for somebody else. So I say all that to say, don't think that you have to just follow this traditional path or that you just have to only do one thing. Depending on your situation, your interests, your talents and skills and abilities, what God has blessed and gifted you with, you can do more than one thing and you should do more than one thing. Uh, even if it's seasonal or on an as-needed basis. If people love your cooking and you want to sell plates during the holidays because people don't want to cook, they just want to taste your dressing, your greens, whatever it may be. And so you sell those plates, you know, November through December. That's a little side hustle. That's some self-employment. But thing that a lot of times we don't do is we don't come up with a plan or a strategy for that extra money. So we get it and we just spend it on whatever. Now, some people, they're like, OK, well, yeah, I do that. And that's my money for my Christmas money for my gifts. That's cool. Because you know what? That means you're not going into debt to pay for Christmas. Or some people might say, oh, well, yeah, I'm going to use this money to set it aside for vacation. Some people might say, well, I'm going to put this money in a bank. Or I'm going to use this to help my kids with school. Or here's an idea. I'm going to put this in my investment account. My Roth IRA or my 401k plan or whatever the case may be. And here's the thing, you make out your own budget, you make out your own plans. You don't have to do just one thing with the extra income either. With my kids, with the stimulus check, they have a budget. There's a certain percentage that goes to God, a certain percent that goes into long-term savings, a certain percent that goes into short-term savings, and a certain percent 
for spending. And so that extra money that you get, whether you do it by the project, by the week, by the month, however you want to do it, you look at all that money, you can run it through a budget and say, okay, when this money comes in from this, from selling these plates, a certain percentage is going to go to this, a certain percentage is going to go to that. You can say a certain amount. The thing with percentages is it levels the playing field. So no matter how much you make, the the relative impact is going always going to be the same. So if you make a if you decide I'm going to give 10 percent to God and I'm going to save 50 percent. OK, if you make a hundred dollars, you give ten dollars to God, you put fifty dollars in your savings account, you got forty dollars to do whatever you want with. Then when you make a thousand. You don't have to say, oh, well, man, I, oh, well, oh, well, what do I do? That's a lot of money. You're tempted maybe to spend more of it or maybe you're like, oh, well, I'm just going to save a whole bunch of it. You have to think about it. 10%. I made $1,000. I get to give $100 to God now and I get to put 500 in the bank and I got 400 to spend. Because if you just do amounts, if you're like, oh, you know, hey, you know, I usually make $100 a week. So, yeah, I'm put $10 every week. In. Well, what happens when you have a week where you got 200 or 300 or 400? Then you're like, well, do I double it or do I? You got to worry about it. Just do a percentage. Percentages work with all amounts. But if you prefer to do an amount, do that. Do what works for you. Because no budget is good if you're not going to follow it. No process is good if you're not going to follow it. And that's something I had to learn the hard way, which we'll talk about in another episode. So in summary, the ultimate vaccine against being stressed out, being without hope or just generally having a life that is not fulfilling. The ultimate vaccine against that is to make sure that you are always conscious of and working on the five key components of life. Your faith, your family, your friendships, your fitness, and your finances. If you've received a stimulus check and you haven't spent all of it, just take a little bit of time to think about how you can best utilize it to position you and or your family in a better way than they are right now. And they may be doing more checks. So think ahead of time. What can I do with this? What do I want to do with it? What do I need to do with it? And how do I balance those things? And then finally, entrepreneurship, side hustle. Think about having more than one stream of income. Don't just depend on clocking in at the job or that salary. You may have a nice job, making a nice salary. That's cool. Thank God you have that. But what else can you be doing to make some money independent of that so that you can reach some of your goals faster, so you can bless somebody with something, so you can have that that self-confidence and that fulfillment of producing an outcome of providing a service without somebody else telling you how to do it you can figure out how you want to do it and add your own flavor and do it your own way there's a something about that so if you haven't tried that if you haven't done that yet seriously think about it and there's all kind of ways to do extra income additional income uh, we'll talk about that in future episodes uh, some people you know they want to sell the plates or whatever or, you know, they, you know, I have a coworker that she sells uh, perfumes. You know, some people don't want to do that. That's fine. There's things you can do online. 
Uh, there's past, somewhat passive ways to have additional income, but we'll talk about all of that in future episodes. Having said all of that, I think that's enough. I hope you got something out of this episode. Let me know what you think. Let me know what your favorite part was and feel free to critique me. Something you like, something you didn't like. Give me some feedback. Email me at michelle at 99waystowin.com. That's michelle99ways2win.com. And if you are not on the email list yet, go to 99waystowin.com. Sign up for the email list. I am trying to build a community of women who want to support each other, encourage each other, who want to learn about personal development, financial education, entrepreneurship, and business. If that sounds like you, then you need to join the Winner's Circle. The Winner's Circle is a group of women that I'm building right now so that we can come together, support each other. You know when the episodes drop, you'll get notified. When I'm doing other things, you'll get notified about that. In the future, we will have ways for everybody to communicate with each other and support each other in the things that we're trying to do and the goals that we're trying to accomplish. So make sure you go to 99waystowin.com, sign up and join the winner's circle. This has been the 99 Ways to Win podcast. I am your host, Michelle Wright. Until next time, keep seeking your success.